Well, good evening and welcome to Christ United Reformed Church. It's good to be gathered together once again on this last Lord's Day of the year, uh, 2022, and to be able to celebrate together and to think about uh, the incarnation of our Lord as we see it through the scriptures. One of the pleasures of doing uh, this service of lessons and carols is to trace the promise of the Messiah through the scriptures and then to sing songs uh, praising God for what he's done. In the inside cover of your bulletin, we'll, we have two sections of our confessions on the incarnation and the salvation of mankind. And you can turn there and, and look with me as I read. But in Article 17 of the Belgic Confession, we confess that we believe that our good God, by his marvelous wisdom and goodness, seeing that man had plunged himself into both physical and spiritual death and made himself completely miserable, set out to find him, though man trembling all over was fleeing from him. And he comforted him, promising to give him his son, born of a woman, to crush the head of the serpent and to make him blessed. What a wonderful summary of the salvation that God has worked for us. In the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 14, we read these words about Jesus Christ. Question 35 asks, what does it mean that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, that the eternal Son of God who is and remains true and eternal God took to himself through the working of the Holy Spirit from the flesh and blood of the Virgin Mary a true human nature, so that he might also become David's true descendant, like his brothers in all things except for sin? And question 36 asks, how does the holy conception and birth of Christ benefit you? And the answer is, he is our mediator, and in God's sight, he covers with his innocence and perfect holiness my sin in which I was conceived. And so as we say there, we gather together this evening to remember and to rejoice that God has fulfilled his promise to his people and sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to save us from our sins. So let us hear from God's word and respond with joy, singing songs of praise to our Savior, Christ the Lord. So our God calls us to worship this evening with these words from Isaiah 44, verse 23. Sing, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout, O depths of the earth. Break forth into singing, O mountains, O forest, and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and will be glorified in Israel. Let us stand that we might hear the blessing of our God. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. And he greets us this evening with these words from the book of the Revelation. Grace to and peace from him who is and who was and who is coming, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from among the dead, and the ruler of the kings on earth. Amen. Let us pray a prayer of invocation together before our opening carol. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom our hearts are open, our desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the gracious power of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord and all God's people said, Amen. Well, let's turn to our opening carol. All the words of the carols and the scripture readings are printed in your bulletin. If you want to sing along, we have the the song numbers from the hymnals, so you can read the music if that's what you want to do too. Uh, But our first hymn this evening, our opening carol, will be Joy to the World, the Lord is Come. So let's sing the verses printed there of Joy to the World. 
please be seated. We're reminded in that song that we needed a Savior who would save as far as the curse is found. So we have to begin at the beginning to consider the story of Christmas. And our first lesson comes from the beginning of the fall of man at Genesis 3, 1 through 15. So we want to read these verses together. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree And I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. As I said, the story of Christmas begins in the Garden of Eden. It's the first gospel promise that we have here, that although man has sought to end his relationship with God and really establish another relationship with the devil, the wonderful promise that God gives here is that I will put enmity between you. Uh, Enmity is not a word we use often, uh, but enmity means a kind of hostility, um, a disagreement between the two. And the wonderful promise that God is making is that even though you have tried to make friends with the devil, I will not allow it. I will not allow you to be friends with the devil. I will put enmity between you and him. I will put enmity between the serpent's offspring and the woman's offspring. And bring forth one who finally from that personal enmity will destroy the devil. Uh, That is the first promise of Christmas. That's what God has come to do. To drive a wedge between humanity and the devil. To send a servant who will acting out of that hostility against the devil and for his people save them from their sins. And so let's sing then our second carol here. God rest you merry gentlemen, number 314.
We now see how that promise that was made to, Ab- to Adam is extended through Abraham and get a further glimpse of who this seed that will come will be. So we read about those promises made to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and Genesis 15, 1 through 6. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing." I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Uh, Through this one man, God has extended his line, um, and Christ has brought us into this family. Uh, The reason Abraham's descendants are so great is because they number not just his physical descendants, but all those who believe as Abraham did. All those who have put their faith in the promised seed who was coming are the true Israel of God, the true heirs of Abraham by faith. And so by faith in Christ who's come into the world to save sinners, we all are able to join in that family. We are all the fulfillment of that promise, the family that he has made, and the whole world has been blessed through the coming of that son of Abraham, our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we praise God's name for that, and we want to sing together Silent Night, Holy Night. So let's stand together to sing this song, and we'll sing it a cappella. So Jennifer will get us started, and then we'll, we'll sing this song together.
Our third lesson comes from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 16. So Abraham lived about 2,000 years before the birth of Christ, so we're fast-forwarding a millennium to about 1,000 years before Christ to the promise that was made to David, and we read about that promise in 2 Samuel 7, 1 through 16. Now when the king, that is David, lived in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But that same night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all the places where I have moved with all the people of Israel, did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went. And have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name. Like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel. And will plant them. So that they may dwell in their own place. And be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more. As formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, And the stripes of the son of men, but my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. 
It's a wonderful promise of David desiring to make God a house and God coming and saying, I will make you a house. I will establish the throne of your kingdom. And that's a kingdom that will be established forever. Um, And of course, one of the promises of Christ coming into the world is that he will be the seed promised to Adam. He will be the seed promised to Abraham. And he will be the son and king promised to David. That the throne of his kingdom would be established forever. And it's wonderful to think that Christ is reigning on that throne. That Christ is king now. He's still reigning and his kingdom has been established and will last forever. Our God is a God who fulfills his promises in ways beyond which we could not fathom. And so we want to sing as his people. And so let's sing together number 319, O Come All Ye Faithful.
as Revelation continues to unfold, the, the Word of God gives us a clearer and clearer picture of who this Messiah will be, this promised Son that is coming. And the prophet Isaiah has several passages that help us to understand better what this Messiah and King will be like. And so we want to read as our fourth lesson from the prophecy of Isaiah, Isaiah 7, 10 through 14, Isaiah 9, 2 through 7, and Isaiah 11, 1 through 5. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 9, we read, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken, as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Isaiah 11 we read, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins." One of the things we see is the wonderful promises of who the Messiah will be, um, always at the backdrop in these prophecies of the failures of his people. First, the failure of King Ahaz to really trust in the Lord, uh, the darkness that's on the land, the affliction of uh, enemies, um, and the stump that Jesse has become. Uh, that David's line has been cut down so that only a stump is left. But from that stump will come a shoot, Into that darkness will come a light that makes peace. Um, The virgin will conceive and bear a son who will not only be Messiah, but will be God with us. And so when God's people heard that prophecy, one of the things they would have said over and over again is, we wait for Emmanuel to come. Uh, We want Emmanuel to come. And that's the song we're going to sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Let's stand together and sing the verses printed here, number 293.
Please be seated. Our fifth lesson comes from Psalm 132, verses 11 through 18, and the themes that Zechariah picks up on in Luke chapter 1, verses 67 through 79. So we read in God's own word, The Lord swore to David a sure oath from which he will not turn back. One of the sons of your body I will set on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and my testimonies that I shall teach them, their sons also forever shall sit on your throne. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Her priests I will clothe with salvation, and her saints will shout for joy. There I will make a horn to sprout for David. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame, but on him his crown will shine. In Luke 1 we read, And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days." And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace." One of the things that Psalm celebrates is that he will be both a strength and a light. Um, the horn for David, that's the, the ram's horn, the sign of the ram's strength, um, that he will cause a horn to sprout for David. One will be strong. But in that strength, he also shows tender mercy, that he is the light that shines on his people to bring them out of darkness into his light. That's the wonderful promise of who Jesus is, uh, that he's not just strong, he is strong. Uh, but he, in that strength, there is tender mercy that means to bring people who are dwelling in darkness out of their darkness into the light, uh, to, to give people peace. Uh, that's the wonderful promise of Christmas. So let's now sing Once in Royal David City. We'll sing verses 1, 2, 4, and 5 of number 322 printed in the bulletin.
Now we'll read the accounts of the Lord's coming into the world from the Gospels, Luke chapter 1, um, and the vision that Mary received of who the child will be, and the vision from Matthew 1 of Joseph, his earthly father, um, and the vision he had regarding this child. And so we want to read from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, and Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. In Luke 1 we read, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. She was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God." And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Matthew 1, we read, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Uh, We have here the tying together of so many prophecies in these two passages being fulfilled in the coming of Jesus Christ, and we have here his name uh, given both to his father and to his mother about what he is to be called. His name is to be called Jesus, and why? Because he will save his people from their sins. Uh, That's the greatest need that God's people have had is rescue from sin, and that's what's promised in the coming of Jesus Christ. So what a wonderful thing it is to know what child is this that comes into the world. And let's sing together uh, that Christmas carol. What child is this? Number 317.
And for our seventh lesson, let's read again the account of Christ's birth from Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, for they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Uh, one of the wonderful things about this passage as we looked this morning that you can say a lot about it. And there were things to say about it that we didn't say this morning, so I'm glad to get a second bite at the apple a little bit this evening. But I want to think about that praise. One of the wonderful things that we pointed out this morning was that the shepherds really are joining the heavenly host. Remember we talked about how the angels came and they praised God and they sang glory to God and then they returned to heaven, whereas the shepherds then returned to their fields praising and glorifying God. We saw that, that echoing thing in both of them that kind of signals to us that the shepherds have joined the heavenly host. Uh, but one of the wonderful things we can think if we further ponder that for the shepherds, the, the angels came and they sang the praise to what God was doing as witnesses to his grace and salvation, but not as participants in it. Uh, they were praising God for what he was doing, but angels don't need saving. Angels don't need a savior. The shepherds needed saving. The shepherds needed a savior. And what they were celebrating is not just being witnesses to the grace and glory of God, but being recipients of it. Having received the Savior that the world needs and the Savior that they needed. It's a different kind of praise that they raise than the angels raised. The angels praise God as holy beings who are witnesses to His grace and glory. The angels praise Him as recipients, as those who are desperately in need of His grace and glory and have received it. And so they join that angelic praise, singing to glory, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God who is in the highest place. Uh, that's what that really means. Not highest glory, but the highest place where he resides in heaven. And from that place, his son has come. 
has come down to earth to whom? Uh, To those upon whom his favor rests. Uh, Because of his glorious grace, he has showered upon them the goodness of himself in the greatest gift he could give, which is his son. And his son has come into the world to give the greatest gift he could give, the salvation of our souls by his sacrifice on the cross. That's the Christmas story. Uh, That's what we have to praise God for. And that's why in part we want to also join that heavenly host in praising God and glorifying his name together. Let's do that by singing Angels We Have Heard on High. Let's stand together and sing number 318, Angels We Have Heard on High. Boys and girls, if you're wondering what in excelsis Deo means, it just means glory to God in the highest in Latin. Uh, I don't think the angels sang in Latin. It was probably in Aramaic, but uh, that's what we sing, but that's what we mean. In any language, it means glory to God in the highest. Let's close together with a word of prayer. Merciful Father, you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son. He who was rich became poor for us. The eternal word made flesh a great light shining in the darkness. 
Only because of your word and spirit have we seen that light and been drawn into its brightness. So give us the grace humbly and joyfully to receive your son, even as the shepherds and wise men who welcomed him, and to look no further for our redemption than to the child lying in a manger. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated. We have the opportunity to worship God with our gifts and offerings, and the offering this evening is for Reverend Kern and his Spanish-language ministry work in Ontario. Let's stand together and for our closing carol sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, lift up your hearts now to the Lord and receive his blessing. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good, that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. People of God, go in peace.